I know uh, I just made this point a few months ago, but uh, a reminder that when God gives us commands, right? When God says, this is something you should do, this is something you shouldn't do, it's not random, right? That God didn't take random things and say, ah, oh, that's good and that's bad. That the Lord takes uh, those things that are damaging to our souls and he says, don't do those. And he takes those things that are good for our souls and says, do those. And a great way to think of it is it's like the instruction manual, which I rarely read. How about you? Yeah. Um, I had a, a truck for a long time. Well, not really. Actually, now that I think about it, it was only three years. But uh, when I was going to sell it, this is a true story. Uh, my brother Paul uh, said, well, you know, don't forget to list the uh, remote starter. And I said, well, I don't have one. And he went, well, sure you do. And then he grabbed my keychain and, and started my truck <laughs> that I have for three years. Um, and I just want to remind you, I'm in charge here. God help you. Uh, yeah. When God tells us his commands, he's doing it for our benefit. And so what we see, hopefully, today's readings, and it ain't subtle. It's about as subtle as a two-by-four, right? Listen to our psalm response. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. In our first reading, we have the whole list, yeah? I'm telling you this so you'll have life. And then we have Jesus just dropping a bomb on the whole thing. You and I need to commit to obeying God. We do. And, and not just obeying him grudgingly, but really giving it all we have. Um, this set of these rules and these, these regulations are our instruction manual. This is how you'll find life. Because he made us and he understands us on a level we don't yet. There's a couple ways to approach faith, and one of them is to uh, do the minimum. Yeah, and I believe I've told you this before, and I don't care. I'm going to do it again, because this is why they pay me the big bucks. But most weddings, I can truly say at least 70%, there's a conversation that happens afterward. Yeah, uh, I go back with the bride and groom back to our Marian altar and we sign the, the marriage license. And then as I'm kind of fighting my way to the sacristy, inevitably, a Catholic will come up to me and say, do you know? Do you know what they're going to say? Does this count? Yeah. And I always do the same thing. Yeah, they're married. You know, I'm pretty good at this. No, I mean, does it count? Uh-huh. Yep, they're married. The vows worked. Uh, I make them say it. Yeah? Do I have to go to church again? And I, sometimes I do what my mom did, right? No, you, you don't have to. It's okay. Yeah. You can uh, go ahead and not come to Mass. It's fine. <laughs> well, you don't have to eat three meals a day. I, I go for five. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm all in. But you should. And should we? Uh, think about what we're asking. Do I have to receive Jesus twice? Do I have to receive the greatest reality in the universe 
twice in 24 hours? Do I have to hear God's word twice in 20? Think about it. And I get it. Mass is not exciting, and we don't strive to make it exciting. Because it's not about us. It's about God. It's not about what we get. It's what he deserves. Uh, and, and this doesn't work in human friendships. Yeah? You know, you see someone at work, and gosh, it seems like someone you'd like to know. And so you start talking to him, and you see, oh, this is moving toward friendship. Can you imagine that conversation? You know, I'd really like us to be friends, but here's the thing. What is the minimum baseline requirement for us to be friends? Yeah? How many times do I have to hang out with you for this to be friendship? Can you give me a list? Yeah, can you, can you give me just a, how many phone calls do I have to do? How many texts equal a phone call? That's a good question. You can do that, but you're going to end up very alone or with people you really don't want to be around. Friendship is not about a list of minimum requirements. It's a relationship. And that's what God's gunning for here. And that minimalistic approach, it's why I think so many of us end up just bowing out of faith. Well, it's not doing anything for me. Well, of course it's not. You're not doing anything for it. I could go play football by standing at the 50-yard line and watching everything, but I'm not going to like football very much. He wants all of you, the entirety of you and I, our thoughts and our actions. He wants us to be as in love with him as he is with us. And that's not possible, not yet. But we can fight for it. How do we fight for it? I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter heaven. The scribes and Pharisees were all about just the rules. There was no relationship behind it. You have heard it said, you shall not kill. I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Shoot. Yeah? Really? I just got angry last week, and it was glorious. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, there's a place called, uh, and of course it just left my head, Kumaria. Have you been there? It's Yemeni coffee, and it will change your life. Yeah? I've been to them all over the Middle East, and my second favorite thing about it is the coffee. Now ask my first favorite. Do you want to know? It's the coffee. So I go there, and I've got a cup for dad, I've got a cup for my brother, I have a cup for me, and I've served tables, right? I can, I can get a bunch of cups in these German ham bones, but I'm struggling as I'm coming to the door, and there's a guy coming in, and I'm thinking, oh good, you know, he can pop the door for me, but he's doing this. Yeah? He's buried in this phone and he's got bo and I, he should get glasses I was going to tell him that I mean that thing was right there and there was this second where he's entering the door and kind of blocking me and not opening it because he's buried in his phone and in my head I start you know what I mean my like, gosh darn it this is what's wrong yeah I'm telling you look at him he's in his phone 
And he, because he's all buried in his phone, he doesn't see that I could use a little help here. You know, blah, blah, blah. In 0.7 seconds, I pulled off eight judgments. You know, I don't want to brag. But I went from him not opening the door to the collapse of Western civilization. <laughs> this is why it's all falling apart. So I back up, you know, because I'm a martyr. And then he does this. Oh, my gosh. And quickly runs and opens the door for me. I'm like, dang it. You know, I was really feeling self-righteous. I had, I had diagnosed the collapse of Western civilization, and he just ruined it. I was angry over something so stupid. And I was angry because I didn't get what I wanted. That's that. How about you? 99.99% of the time, we just make up statistics. <laughs> I got sleep last night, sorry. <laughs> no, so many times when we're angry, it's because we had an expectation and it didn't get met. And we got to ask ourselves, was that a just expectation? Was that a spoken expectation? And what good does anger do? What if instead, whenever someone or something disappoints us, what if we prayed? My anger did not make the situation better. It didn't make me happier. But can you imagine if in that moment I prayed for him? Can you imagine if our response to, to anger was to pray? How powerful would that be? The second thing Jesus says is he says, don't commit adultery. You've heard that. And please, don't commit adultery. But he wants us to do more than that. And, and we do fall into this. I hear it. Father, you know, I'm a good guy. You know, I've never murdered anyone. I'm like, brah, you know. That's not exactly a standard. I have a great marriage. I've never committed adultery. Uh, okay, congrats. Jesus wants you and I, or you who are married, all in with your spouse. Not setting this fictional line of, well, I'll only go this far, either with my love or my sin. When he says he doesn't want us to murder He's saying, I don't even want you to, to be angry with people. When he's saying, I don't want you to look at another woman with lust. He's saying, I want you all in, in your marriage. We need to set ridiculous standards for ourselves morally. And, and recognize that in that, I can't pull this off. It'll make you pray. It will make us humble. It will make us compassionate when our standards for ourselves morally are insanely high. Even to the point of his last one. Be so truthful that no one even needs you to take an oath. Be so honest and upright that people just assume you're telling the truth. So we who love Jesus, and if you're here, I assume you're all in. 
If we love Jesus, then let's be done with the minimalist approach. And let's go all in. Because what we recognize is this is the instruction manual. And we will find life there that we will not find in our hedonistic self-obsession. We'll find life in obeying God. Don't just do it because he says to. Do it because you believe him. Do it because he's right. And when he says, don't do those things, it's not random. It's the instruction book. When he says, do these things, it's not random. It's the instruction book for you. And we can get by on minimum. Let's be blunt. God is that powerful. But I don't think we'll be happy so we ask Jesus to bless us, huh? We ask Jesus to bless us and help us to call on him so that every instance of anger turns to an opportunity to pray. Every instance of lust turns into a radical commitment to our spouse. Every invitation to tell a lie turns into a worship of truth. This is our instruction manual. And it's how the Lord will get us to heaven. Amen? Amen. Okay.